at Ubali Reports, the one who provides fact, not fiction, on global and national issues. And we get to the facts of the matter, and we don't put any spin. We don't tell you how to think. We just provide the facts. And we are two veterans. My co-host is Joe Bitts, a retired combat Marine of Iraq. I served in combat with the Marines in Afghanistan and Iraq. And again, we provide fact, not fiction, on issues facing the United States, whether globally or nationally. So how's it going, Joe? Great, John. How are you? I'm doing good. A lot's going on in the news today. Well, hold on. First of all, it's our first live stream. Oh, for the, that's right. I think for the, the new year. Are well, we... yeah, we've, we, got our, we have an editor, and we've fixed our live stream. So this is our first live stream. So those who join are going to see us firsthand. So hopefully you'll like it. And if you have any questions, put the questions in. And then we'll go from there. So. so, John, what's going on in the world today? It's, it doesn't seem like there's a lot going on, is there? No, no. It's just a slow news day. Very slow. Just breathe, just calm and tame. Nothing big going on. But really the biggest thing going on is Russia moved forces into two provinces in the eastern part of Ukraine. President Biden said this wasn't going to stand. But in January, I think it was January 19th, he gave a press conference where he stated that if they do move into those two provinces – it would be it would they would have to recal recalibrate how they do things and what they're doing is they're now looking and they put sanctions on businesses that do business in those two provinces but it really is minuscule to what he said he was going to do and this really hasn't deterred putin because vladimir putin doesn't look at joe biden as a credible threat well, would it be different under the past administration? I don't really want to say I don't want to say Trump administration because people automatically assume that you're like a Trump rah rah. Okay, but, but like okay. I mean, with Trump, I mean, he did kind of hold a certain poise where the other countries they they were like, eh, let's not let's not mess with this guy. But with the current administration, <clears throat> is this would this have been a different situation? Okay, I think first people, what you said is accurate. When you hear Donald Trump, everybody goes into the different political camps. So you have to look at, pull the rhetoric away from what Donald Trump says, and let's look at the policies of Donald Trump. When it came to Russia, he put severe economic sanctions on Russia. If you look at what happened in Syria, he killed 200 Russian mercenaries in Syria, and Vladimir Putin didn't do anything because he would have to admit that there was Russian mercenaries in Syria. And then the same thing, what he also did, he made America energy independent as of, I think, 2018, 2019. And that, that's a game changer because Russia is an energy-producing country. They're not part of OPEC, but they caucus with OPEC. So what President um, Trump did is he made us energy independent, and he told the Europeans, we would sell you all the natural gas, all the energy you need at you know, basically like a fair market price. And the reason why that's a game changer is because we're hearing like climate change, alternative fuel. Well, Europe is far ahead of us in the usage of alternative fuels like wind and solar. But now because they got rid of their nuclear power plants as of Germany, they're more dependent on Russian energy than they ever were before. And Russia can hold that leverage over them. And now they pay four to six times more in energy cost and utility cost than they did a few years ago. So if we show that in the United States with the big climate change policies of the Biden administration, other progressives, mm -hmm. you take California. California utilizes a lot more alternative fuels, but they pay four times the price 
for energy and utilities. And that falls on the lower income and minority community that they, they claim to help. Mm-hmm. So all this is enriched in Russia because if you look at it, and I Googled this, and I um, was one of the Energy I think Institute Association, a federal government entity that tracks oil prices. And at the pr- time of the election of Joe Biden or the inauguration, oil was trading at $54 a barrel. It's now $95 a barrel and going higher. So if there is a disruption in the energy market. This is going to hit Americans at the pocketbooks, at the gas station, at the grocery store, because we're going to pay much higher prices for everything. Now, you talked about how like a good defense for America to do is to tank our gas prices or tank our oil prices to kind of hit Biden in the side. Well, or you mean Putin in the side. Putin, yeah. Hit- Across his bow. And what I mean by that, when President uh, Biden first came into office, the first thing he did was scrap the Keystone XL pipeline that brought uh, fuel or energy from Canada into the United States. Then he got rid of a lot of leases on federal lands. But what people don't follow is he's appointed individuals to the Federal Reserve and to the SEC, which is a Security Exchange Commission, who want to put climate change as part of any investment that banks or uh, financial institutions give the energy sector. And one of his appointees whose nomination has been held up by Senator Mitch McConnell, the minority leader for the Republicans, is Sarah Raskin. Now, her husband is Congressman Raskin, who was a Trump impeachment manager. And mm-hmm. she stated, I think a year, a couple of years ago, that her goal is to tank the energy sector. She wants to make it so hard that the energy companies go out of business. Yeah. Now, Democrats would counter that she passed or was confirmed almost unanimously in 2010. But this is after she made those comments during a, a couple of years ago during the Trump years. So this is why everything is so expensive. Now, we live in Florida. Energy, I just passed the gas station when I filled up this morning. I paid three forty nine a gallon. Out yeah. in California, they pay almost $5 a gallon. Okay. So, but then you got to look at diesel prices. If you're paying, let's say, five dollars a gallon, diesel prices are going to be probably a little bit higher. Yeah. So that means your farmers are paying more to get put their crops in the ground, take their crops out, and get their crops to market. The manufacturers are going to spend more to bring their product from either overseas or different parts of the United States to consumers in the stores. Mm-hmm. So, and then you have companies like I work at a restaurant; they're paying far more in energy costs now than they did a year ago, than they did two years ago. Yeah. Even Target had a sign on its door saying, we have to limit energy because our utility bills are going up. So with inflation, with the war and the gas prices and stuff like that, it's not looking like a good year for us, is it? No, because just this um, past month, you had the unemployment report came out, was better than expected. Some are questioning in that because there was a private company that said there was 400,000 jobs lost. Now we report 400,000 jobs were created. Yeah. So we'll have to see, not this Friday, but the following Friday, the first Friday of the month of March, the unemployment report comes out. Okay. The second week in March is when the inflate, the consumer price index comes out for the month. Got it. They track it for the month, but they also track it for the year. Mm-hmm. And what that means, when they tracked it in January, the consumer price rose 7.5%. It was like almost a full percentage point for the month, but 75 from a year ago. 
And then they did the producer price index, which is all goods that go into making a product, jump 9.5%, a full percentage point for the month of January. Mm -hmm. So if oil goes up, and it's not if, it looks like it is going up because of the conflict in Russia, because Russia exports a lot of energy. And we even get a lot more energy from Russia than we ever did, and that's increasing each year. Okay. What's going why why is America being affected from something that's happening overseas? Why are we kind of why are we the where's the correlation or where's the why? Okay, I'm you mean and, why are we involved or why no, no, no. why are we Russia wants to invade Ukraine and then it's like America's kind of taken a punch to the side because these two countries are going at it. Why? Well, because it sets a precedent that if Russia can go into a neighboring country and impose its will. And Ukraine's a fledgling democracy, trying to they have some corruption, but there's a fledgling democracy. So if Russia is allowed to go into Ukraine, because they consider Ukraine part of Russia, mm-hmm. what does that leave China? Would China say, well, that means I can go into Taiwan. Taiwan's a province of China. Yeah. And then you have the disruption on the economic side, not just energy, Ukraine is the fourth leading supplier of wheat in the world. Okay. So if you disrupt that, that means wheat prices would spike because you got to fill that gap, and other countries would have to pick up the pace. So does Putin want Ukraine back because they defected or they left after the Cold War? Or like, why is he so adamant about getting Ukraine? Why was he so adamant in under the Obama administration for Crimea? Because Putin looks at... Crimea, which is a part of Ukraine, he looks at Ukraine, Belarus, and other countries as part of the former Soviet Union. This is all part of Russia. Okay. Now, he wrote an article, and it was released at the the Kremlin. It was titled something like, um, Belarus, Ukraine, and Russia are intricately linked Mm -hmm. as people. So he gave a speech yesterday, and he talked about all this. And it was a tirade going back centuries he looks at Ukraine as part of Russia. They're never going to be anything but part of Russia. Now, he's using the excuse that NATO expanded eastward after the end of the Cold War, which it did. Now, he said that there was an agreement between the West and Mikhail Gorbachev that NATO wouldn't expand east. But there's no record. Nobody who was there said that wasn't even discussed. Mm-hmm. So all these things. And then he broke the agreement, the, the Minsk, I think Minsk agreement, which was between Germany, France, and other European organizations to keep a ceasefire in those uh, two breakaway provinces in eastern Ukraine that Russia went into. So that's off the table. So he wants to bring it back, but he's also looking at the weakness in the West. Because as soon as Biden came in, he ended America's energy independence. He let Keystone II, which is a pipeline of natural gas, to go from Russia through the the Baltic Sea into Germany. Mm -hmm. Now, the Germans said we've not going to certify it. No, no energy is flowing as of yet, but it's a hardly tough sanctions. And he's, he's kind of feeling the West out. Yeah. He's kind of feeling Biden out. If he moves into these two provinces and nothing happens but these minuscule sanctions, what's to keep him from going further? And then you have Italy and other Europe, European countries. Well, I'm not sure we really want to put sanctions on Russia because we need that energy. And now he has the control over the energy market of Europe. And this affects the United States. And mm-hmm. remember, Trump told the Europeans, we can sell you 
as much energy as you want, just out of you know, fair market, whatever the price of the market goes, we'll give it to you. Yeah. We're not going to cut it off because we don't like what you do. Now, with the Keystone Pipeline, you said if they even if they open it back up, it's not really going to do... It wouldn't have much of a mar- marginal impact. Everybody focuses on that. The other aspect is... But wouldn't it just supply America with enough it gas? Would give, for- it would be a, a step, but the big problem is when he limits leasing on federal lands like in Anwar, but the other big problem that most people don't focus on is his appointments to the Federal Reserve and the appointments to the SEC, the Security Exchange Commission. They're, they're wanting to force the banks to put climate change as a condition to get... C- capital. Mm-hmm. So if you're an energy company, you have to put in, how does this impact the climate? Yeah. And by doing that, companies are not going to do that. They're not going to spend the capital because there's no, there's no, they're looking at the, the return of their investment. They're not going to get it. Are we better off if he did open it back up and, and put more and let uh, leases on the federal land go? Oh, most definitely. If you okay. make America energy independent, and we've switched over really to natural gas, which is far cleaner for the environment. And what most people don't realize, our greenhouse gases have dropped when we did that. Mm -hmm. Well, Europeans, their greenhouse gases went up. And this is from a UN climate study. So are we at a point right now where if he doesn't do it, they're kind of spiting their, you know, spiting their nose? Well, you know, are you know cutting their own, are, cutting are off they, their own nose? Are they cutting off nose despite their face? Well, yeah, because it takes time. I mean, like when the Obama administration did the kind of the same thing, they consolidated the energy companies and they used the market forces and they became more productive. Mm-hmm. But it takes time to reinstate all that. Yeah, you got to get the Keystone back. You also have to get leases back, and then you have to get investments. Well, that takes time. It could take a couple of years to get back of where they're at. Mm-hmm. Remember, and this is what nobody asked him, when he did a press conference in January, they should have asked him, well, Mr. President, your first official act was to eliminate the Keystone XL pipeline, and you laid off 11,000 uh, blue-collar workers. Where are all those green jobs you keep hailing about? Mm-hmm. I mean, these these employ- these workers still haven't found that quality, high-paying job. These jobs pay close upwards to $100,000 a year. So their climate agenda just doesn't work. Yeah. It just it just it makes it harder and harder. Like an example, there was an article in New Geography which tracks issues regarding the cities and state governments and they talked about electric vehicles. They're using California model. Mm-hmm. Well, California has an eclectic climate. It's not too hot, not too cold. Since I moved to Tampa from California, the average life of my battery, and I got a Toyota Tacoma, only lasts about three years. Okay, it lasted much longer in California because it doesn't the, the because of the temperate zone we live in degrades the battery far faster. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't, where were you? Li- you were living here in your home right now in 2017, right? Yeah. Were you relocated or anything? Yeah. Well, where I, I live in, I, I think I sheltered in place, kind of thing. Okay, but where I lived in the city of Tampa by the base. Yeah. I had to move. I had to. You're in a flood zone. Yeah. I was in a flood zone. So you're taking hundreds of thousands of people and telling them to move north. Mm-hmm. And most of the people went to Orlando. Is Orlando going to have all the charging stations you need? No. Now remember, and to our listeners, remember the northeaster that hit Virginia, where all those vehicles were sh- trapped on the highway and people had to stay in their cars overnight. 
if you had an electric vehicle, you wouldn't be able to power up your vehicle or anything else in that vehicle because your battery would have been drained. Yeah. So what works in one state doesn't work in another. And the Biden administration says by 2030, which is only about eight years away, all ve- half of all vehicles in the country have to be electric. Okay. So this is putting a strain on communities. Like when I pulled up to your house, I parked on the street. Mm-hmm. And I notice you always park your truck in your driveway. Yeah. Most people by that article in New Geography park their vehicle on the street. So how are you going to charge these vehicles if they park in the street? Mm-hmm. I live in an apartment. How are these apartments going to be set up? And I talk to a construction um, superintendent when they talk about homes. If you have a charging station in your home, you have to reconfigure your home to meet the wattage for what you need to charge up your vehicle. So all these things have to be discussed, and they're not. Mm-hmm. And they're making the assumption, like in California, that you can get all your energy needs through wind and solar. And like solar, you get most of your energy through from 2 to 4. Yeah. But the usage of solar energy is from 4 to 9 as the energy usage drops. Like Europe has gone through that, but Europe is very cloudy, it's not as windy, and wind is very unpredictable. Yeah. So these are all things that need to be addressed, and they're not being addressed. They just demonize anybody who brings things up like that. Mm-hmm. So yesterday I did some grocery shopping. Okay. And my wife and uh, son, they love these Frappuccinos. And normally they'll sell for about a good case, or about 15 of them will sell for about fifteen ninety nine when you go to Costco. And then, like, t- yesterday when I went, they were, like, nineteen ninety. Where'd you shop? Costco? Costco. Okay. Nineteen ninety nine for in a case. So they've gone up, you know, almost $3. Well, Starbucks, Amazon has Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. They said, I got an email, which I belong to Amazon Prime. They said, I think, in April, when, when it's time to renew, it's going to cost you a few dollars more. Mm-hmm. So everything has gone up. Like I said, I work at a restaurant. All the prices have gone up Yeah, because the energy prices have gone up. They pay a surcharge to all their their suppliers. Their food costs have gone up. Their paper products have gone up. Then they can't get a lot of supplies that are coming in from across the country. So Pete Buttigieg, who is the transportation secretary, is supposed to handle this. We haven't heard from him. You have the labor secretary. We haven't seen her. The energy secretary, where's her? And then when you go to the coronavirus, you have Javier Becerra, who's the health and human services director. Once he got confirmed last year, he hasn't really done a press. We haven't heard from anything from him. Mm-hmm. So how are they going to handle it? And then what people need to understand, and I'm still following this, July, the longshoreman contract goes up. And if historical precedents play a factor... Every time their contract went up for renewal, they went on strike before that. Okay. How does that work when we got severe supply chain disruption? How is that going to impact when they're on strike and, and you can't get goods and services to come in from the co- yeah. from the world and then send your product out? And knowing how much we need them right now, they have a lot of leverage. They have a lot of leverage. Then you have the situation in Canada with the vaccine mandates. But like truckers here, they're paying a higher cost for fuel. In California, one of the problems they have there, truckers have to have a vehicle that's 2010 or newer. And they ended 
I can't think of the proposition what it was, but they ended a program where you can be an independent operator. Mm-hmm. You have to belong to a company. Okay. So they took that off the table. So that makes it even more expensive to get goods and services out of the two biggest ports, which is Long Beach and Los Angeles. So, and that's all going to contribute to the higher inflation because that means you're paying that much higher prices to get your good to, to market. Consumers are paying a higher price. And then you factor in real estate's gone up higher. You have um, rents gone up. And because of the higher cost of inflation next month, Jerome Powell of the Federal Reserve stated we're going to raise interest rates. Now, they were talking a quarter percent. And when interest rates go up, that means they tighten up the money supply. So it's not so much money chasing few, few products. Yeah. So if they raise interest rates, and they're talking a half percent to a full percentage point, that affects consumers who are getting loans, and that affects businesses from getting loans. Okay. So all these are playing a factor. Remember, the president said inflation was in his uh, Secretary of Treasurer, Janet Yellen, who used to be the Federal Reserve Chair, that inflation was a transitory thing. So a question that I would ask Joe Biden, I'm writing an article now when we were talking about his Build Back Better agenda, how does spending 3 to $5 trillion on this new federal spending, how does that get inflation down? How does that help with the supply chain disruption? These are all things that need to be addressed, and they really haven't been addressed. And even the Congressional Budget Office, if his plan is fully implemented and all his programs that he wants to fully put in place, would cost $5 trillion and it would add $3 trillion to the federal debt. Yeah. So these are questions that need to be asked, but inflation's going to be with us. Now, inflation, again, it's just so, in a sense, in simple form, it's to stop us from spending so much money. All it is is too much money chasing fewer goods. Yeah. So they're so they make it higher so we can stop well, spending that much. Even through a normal economy, if they see inflation kind of tick up a little bit, then they clamp down on the um, interest rate. Well, they raise interest rates, so that kind of slows the growth of the economy to a level that's manageable. Yeah. In the seventies, they didn't do that. They kept trying to raise interest rates, and then people panicked, and they went and they drop it. We go into um, recession when they do that. That's why there were so many recessions in the seventies. It okay. wasn't until Paul Volcker, who was appointed by Jimmy Carter to head the Federal Reserve, he said, we just got to take it. So he raised interest rates, and it contributed to the recession of 81, 82. But then when Reagan came into office, he put tax cuts. And so that means businesses can get loans and all that stuff. And it really took the regulatory burden off.
disruption overseas because of energy um, shortfalls, the market's going to reverse itself. And I just think the I think the public was tired of the rhetoric of Donald Trump and Victor Davis Hanson is storing at the Hoover Institute, the uh, Hoover Institute out in California kept saying everybody would put their hands on their ears and la, 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 just make it go away. Let's get rid of Trump. Everything would go back to normal. <laughs> and remember, that was the moniker that Joe Biden ran on. Are we talking about 2008 normal, though? Well, no, but that was the moniker that Joe Biden had mentioned. Yeah. You elect us. We're the adults. We're going to get out of, we're going to go back to normal. What was normal, though? But see, normal, not Donald Trump. Yeah. But the problem is people are now seeing higher prices at the pump, higher prices at the grocery store, higher prices like used car, new car. There's these massive supply chain disruptions. And Harold Ford Jr., who's a former Democratic congressman at um, from Tennessee, he runs an organization called Empower and Inclusion. And he talks about, he's a more blue dog Democrat. He talks about these issues that if the president doesn't get a handle on this, and now March 1st is his opportunity. I heard coming in, I haven't confirmed it, that they're going to move the State of the Union a little bit later in March. Yeah, because they can say, hey, we cure COVID. But the, but the point is, even on that, the public is seeing the duplicity of elected officials saying, wear a mask. Like, remember the Super Bowl? They panned up into the corporate boxes and all the governor, I mean, all the political leaders who say, we got to wear a mask. Well, all the elites. Kid, all too. the kids, you got to wear a mask. Elites, you got to wear a mask. But they were not wearing masks. And, but they want kids to wear a mask where all the evidence and science said they're not affected. And now we're seeing, there was a report yesterday, the CDC is not releasing its data. And there was one data that showed... The booster does nothing between the – if you take a booster, if you're between the ages of 18 and 49, mm-hmm. it does nothing for you. And I think they kind of took away the idea of boot vaccinating children too. Exactly. But see, all these issues play in a vacuum, and parents want their kids to be educated. So you go to San Francisco, a very blue city, 80% vote Democrat. They recalled three progressive school board members because they were more concerned about woke policies, renaming schools – than getting their kids back to school. And I did a, um, an article about this, but two years ago or a year ago, it changed sense. In San Francisco, only 21% of my you know black and Hispanic children can do math or English to grade level. Yeah. So that, to me, you're basically taking eight minority kids out of 10, and only two are able to function at grade level in math and sciences mm-hmm. and reading. So they're not going to be able to get the jobs they need to expand and get out of poverty. So would you rather take – so with COVID kind of on the down, uh, but we still have inflation and we're still dealing with a lot of – is there – would you trade off? Would you trade off, like, say, lower gas prices, lower food prices, and still be in a pandemic or vice versa? Well, that's a little hard to decide, but I would take lower food prices and lower gas prices. The pandemic was going to end at some point. Yeah. And it seems like we're going to an endemic, almost like the flu. We're going to have it. We're just going to have to deal with it. But the president needs to focus like a laser beam because people don't care about Ukraine. They don't care about January 6th. And they don't really care about Donald Trump. Nobody's talking about these issues. Mm -hmm. At the restaurant I work at, and it could be vindictive across the country, people are worried about rent. They're worried about food prices. Now, you go to the grocery store. Now, Joe, you go to the 
the grocery store, you buy milk. You can't. There is no buy one get one free for milk. Yeah. So children need these essential items, and everything is much more expensive. Yeah. So then you send your kids to school, and the schools are saying you got to mask up. You got to do this. But then they see the elites doing the polar opposite, like Ocasio Cortez, being down in Miami partying up. But yet she's saying, I support the lockdowns in my state. She had COVID, John. You need to have some sympathy. But here's an example. There was a study done at the um, Johns Hopkins, let me get this right, Johns Hopkins University Applied Science for Economics. There was a couple of the authors there, and they looked at the data. They didn't look at the politics. They looked just at data. And they said that the lockdowns has an irreputable harm to America's psyche, to its medical but educational in its employment. And we still haven't recovered from that. And what I mean by that, even when the job report came out for January, mm-hmm. we're still 3 million jobs short of where we were in February 2020. Yeah. California, New York, California has the highest unemployment rate of any state in the country. They still haven't recovered. And how does that, who does it hurt? It hurts more of the low income individuals who are still reeling from their policies, educational achievement gap has increased in California. So what is your maybe experience or information about cryptocurrency? I've heard, I haven't really dialed into it to understand it. There's a guy at work who's big uh, into Bitcoins and cryptocurrency. That's something I need to look at. But I think people are going to be going into it because the situation, what's happening in Canada where the prime minister said, we're going to punish you by freezing your bank accounts, freezing your assets. And I don't know if cryptocurrency can be fr- – I don't have the expertise. I would have to do some research on that. Okay, because that kind of took a hit too as soon as Russia kind of went into Ukraine. That would be something I would have to really do some research on. I really don't want to comment because I don't really have – that's not my forte, but I would have to do some research to find out can the government come in and stop that? Can the government regulate that? How does that all work? And now would I have to do some really dial in on some of that stuff. All right, John. So if they need to get a hold of us, how can they do that? You can get a hold of us by going to UbaldiReports at gmail.com. That's UbaldiReports at gmail.com. You can go to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, obviously. We're live streaming on TikTok. And check us out. And if you go to your Facebook, go to Ubaldi Reports group. We'd like to hear from you what you think of this show and other show. Shows and this is the first time we're live streaming. We want to keep this up. So, well, first time this year. This year, this year. But we're really trying to fix the live stream, and we have a great editor who's helping us do that, so we can get a better quality product out to you and answer some of your questions, especially as we go closer and closer to the midterm elections. All right, and everybody, just know that we're going to be streaming more. We're going to be on a more consistent schedule, and uh, we look forward to seeing and hearing from you. So, make sure to. Drop a comment and a like and follow us on TikTok, and we will talk to you then. All right. Keep listening to Ubaldi Reports and let your friends and family know. Keep listening to Ubaldi Reports.